This week on the Iowa Watch Connection. I've uh, started my LinkedIn account, gotten my resume put together, and um, really been trying to network. It's never too early to start looking for a job. We're looking for confident, qualified, educated, um, energetic young people who are willing to serve. But hurdles are in the way for some. That 21.4% of these students did not even know how to look for a job. The outlook for job seekers, young and old, our topic this week. The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism. Online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein. May is a time for college students to realize their dreams and walk across the graduation stage. But students have had an eye toward what to do after graduation for months and even years. The pressure to secure a good job or to begin a career in the right way starts young and continues into retirement. We'll hear about methods to help job seekers of all ages later in this program, but first, we focus on first-time job seekers. The executive director and editor of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, Lyle Muller, has our story. It's a February job fair at Iowa State University, one of many taking place on college campuses each year during the late winter and into spring. Hi, how are you? Good, my name is Mike Burvey. I'm a senior in journalism. In this instance, the university's Greenlee School of Journalism and Communication is trying to help students get internships and jobs. Iowa Watch is there seeking summer reporting interns. But a lot of jobs other than one in journalism exist at this fair. Public relations, marketing, sales, business management. These are good fits for the job market. Forbes magazine reported last year that the number one job for graduates coming out of college was account management, notably in marketing and accounting. Connor Keenan, a senior from Perry preparing for graduation with a major in advertising, was looking for any job he could get on the creative side. He thought his prospects of getting a job were decent. I, I think I think there's a lot of people uh, going out of advertising, and I think uh, advertising is changing quite a bit uh, as far as the the different types of media and, and technology and, and ways of that nature. So I think there's a lot of opportunities there. Uh, as far as necessarily my prospects of getting one, I'm not real sure. My name is Celeste Welshans. I am a senior. I'm from Newton, Iowa, and I am interested in managing bands as they tour the world. What have you done to prepare for that? Well, I'm getting a degree in management here at Iowa State. I'm also getting a minor in music technology so that I could hopefully understand exactly what it is they're trying to do in their process. And I've started kind of looking around at some smaller bands here in Ames to see what they might need from me. What do you think your job prospects are? I think they're probably pretty slim, which is why I decided to just go ahead and get a double major and prepare for an almost inevitable failure on that half. A backup plan is helpful. So are specific skills, the kind that might seem old hat to business veterans, but new for people entering the job market from college. The ability to work well in teams, especially with co-workers who are different than you, leads the Association of American Colleges and Universities' top 10 skills employers seek from college graduates. Second on that list, understanding science and technology and how it relates to the real world a trait that mirrors Forbes magazine's number two job for 2016 college graduates. 
software engineering, which the magazine said can pay a median annual salary of $80,000. The rest of the list is expected, being able to write and speak clearly, especially about complex problems, and to analyze problems with an eye toward producing solutions. We are looking for confident, qualified, educated, um, energetic young people who are willing to serve. That's Danya Harvey, AmeriCorps VISTA leader from the state's volunteer Iowa office in Des Moines. You know, um, being here and going to Drake and g meeting the students, um, they have been ready to come to the table to talk. Um, a lot of them have been very confident. I've even received um, business cards from students, so I was very impressed by that. So I think that they're ready. Chandler Faldet, who runs an Ankeny online marketing business called Faldet Marketing, was recruiting interns at the Iowa State University job fair. He was looking for candidates who have skills with technology, such as the online content presentation system WordPress and with Photoshop but he also was looking for people with an ability to use those programs creatively. Other part of it would be um, what their background is. If they're in um, a marketing background or advertising background, that's important because uh, what I have with well, a job that I'm, that I'm uh, having an internship for is, um, is a marketing type of an internship. So, Do students seem to be prepared for this? I would say for the most part, no. Uh, from digital marketing, I don't know if there's... Um, just a, a little bit of a lack of training um, in the classroom. Faldet said keeping up with quickly changing technology and innovative ways to use it can be difficult in academia, where classroom curriculum doesn't always change rapidly. Here's Jim Sosinski, an Iowa State University junior from Van Meter. He has another year to prepare for what he hopes is a job in customer service, sales, marketing, or other business operations but he already is trying to put his name before prospective employers. Well, I've started networking with potential employers. Um, I've gone to a couple job or career fairs, and I've uh, started my LinkedIn account, gotten my resume put together, and um, really been trying to network and figure out exactly what sort of uh, job I want to do. I know I want to go into something with business because I really have a passion for business, but the exact discipline in business, um, I'm still trying to figure out. Connor Keenan was facing more urgency as his senior year was winding down. I have uh, looked over my resume, uh, combed over just uh, everything that I need uh, as far as, you know, um, what, what, like, uh, what, what I need for my internship, uh, what kind of career I need to be going into, uh, how... Uh, what like which companies are looking for what uh, and what of my uh, skills they could use. One person receiving a diploma from the University of Iowa this weekend who is eager to begin her new career is Lily Abromate, who came to Iowa City from Lawrence, Kansas and served as editor-in-chief of the Daily Iowan Student Newspaper this past year. Given all the changes in traditional journalism and the claims of fake news, I asked for her thoughts as graduation approached. I think it's going to sound a little silly at first when I say this because this is something that a lot of my fellow students say is the reason that they're not excited, but I'm excited because so many people are hating on journalists right now. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for us. Um, after the election, that was basically all we ever talked about in our classes is is this what I want to do? Everyone hates us. Everyone thinks we're fake news. Um, like, when I'm about to go out and do this, is it even still a viable career? And to me, that, that was so silly because 
I feel like this is an opportunity for us to actually show people what journalism can be. I think people have forgotten, maybe, um, how good journalism can be and how important it is. And I think part of that is because everyone is um, so set in their own ways and only wants to see their side of things. But I think that this is an opportunity for us to remind them that the point of journalism is showing all the sides. So if there's a quote in a story that you don't agree with, that doesn't mean the, the reporter is biased. Like, recognize it has both sides. And I think that now is an opportunity for us to point that out and an opportunity for us to really own journalism and take it seriously so that like for me when I go out into the world as a journalist now I am going to be so much more careful to make sure my stories are absolutely as perfect as possible because one I don't want people not um, giving me like the credibility that I want but also I want people like my grandparents who might be doubtful of journalism to see that and say oh, okay, like, journalism can be good, it can provide a service that's really, really important. And honestly, we couldn't have a regular society without journalism. So I think it's actually a really exciting time. When you talk to people in your age cohort and you say that you were the editor of the newspaper, how do they feel about legacy media like a newspaper or about journalism generally? It really depends, honestly. Um, some people... I think people who are well-informed and who do um, make an effort to engage in the news and like the daily news cycle, I think they understand kind of like what a book, what a big deal it is. Um, and they understand, like you said, the legacy of some place like the Daily Iowan or just like print um, news in general. But I also think that there's definitely a difference between those people and other people in my age group who um, get their media from other ways and not necessarily in the traditional sense. Um, and, and they, I don't know that they see it the same way. Like, um, I've definitely had people who say that, um, like, newspapers are on their way out and things like that, which, I don't know. I mean, there's different opinions on it. I personally think it's silly, but um, there's, there's definitely a mixed reaction, which I actually think is really interesting because my age group is the most mixed that I can tell. Um, you know, there are some people who read the New York Times, um, and then there's other people who <laughs> um, who get all their news from Twitter or all their news from Facebook. And um, the differences are astounding, but all of us are getting all of those different types of news all at once. And I think oh, it's almost a little bit overwhelming for all of us because it's really like we don't really know where to go. You know, it's uncharted territory, I guess. They ha it has to fit their lifestyle, honestly. Um, I think that I'm a little bit different because it's what I live and breathe, and so I always want to consume everything. Um, but I think for a lot of people, what especially what I think we've noticed this year, um, not just at the Daily Island but across the board, is that people, it's what's convenient. So Twitter is a lot more convenient than um, paying to read the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Um, and it's a lot more convenient than going to a website to read, um, to just scroll on Facebook. And so I think um, it is definitely a convenience factor. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I think it can be both. If you're aware of the fact that that's what you're doing, then I think it's fine. Um, and you recognize that you're finding most of your news on Facebook. Um, so you're aware of like what that means. You know, obviously things on Facebook are generated be based on what you're interested in. and I, But if you don't realize that and you don't realize that that's why you're getting all of the news from one source, um, it can be a little bit dangerous.
Lily Abromate, who graduated from the University of Iowa in journalism and mass communication this weekend. When we return, tips for job seekers of all ages. That's next as the Iowa Watch Connection continues. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from the Iowa Insurance Division's Iowa Fraud Fighters Program. This statewide initiative educates Iowans on how to double-check before they invest and shield their savings from scammers. Thousands of Iowans have attended fraud fighter forums across the state to learn about new scams circulating in their area and how to stay a step ahead of fraudsters. Learn how to fight fraud and why it is important to report scams at iowafraudfighters.gov. The Iowa Watch Connection radio program is part of a statewide audience engagement project organized by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, an independent, nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. The center is dedicated to producing high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism in Iowa, while also training journalism students to do this work at a high ethical level. The center is found online at iowawatch.org. Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. Deborah Hodges Harmon is a team lead, lead staff member with Cedar Valley Iowa Works Region 7 of Iowa Workforce Development, who has been involved in assisting a variety of constituencies enhance career opportunities. What are some unique challenges that upcoming college graduates are going to be facing as they look to enter the job market? I think the most unique challenge is the lack of skills and the lack of experience that many college graduates or just non-college graduates will be facing as they enter into the job market within the next couple of years. The market doesn't necessarily require college education anymore. So there are a lot of short-term schooling that's available that can direct them into very, very beneficial or very um, economically sound work opportunities. And I don't know if the young people these days are prepared or have the knowledge to be able to know that. Where should they go then in order to get the knowledge they need to begin a job search with the full information available? On Monday, January 23rd, Governor Terry Branstad and our Lieutenant Governor announced the rollout of a website that's called Future Ready Iowa. And the goal of the Future Ready Iowa initiative is for 70% of Iowa to have education or training beyond the high school year by the year 2025. That website is designed to help high school students and graduates, undergrads and graduates in Iowa who are unemployed or underemployed to become more educated, have more training, and to lead them into their career path to meet Iowa's skill gap, the skill gap that is currently occurring in Iowa at the present time. Do we find that this gap in terms of jobs that are available versus people who are skilled or trained for those jobs, is this gap 
getting wider and wider as we continue to look toward a four-year higher education as the path as opposed to simply one of many paths? Iowa has one of the lowest unemployment rates in the nation, 3.8% currently. While skilled jobs account for over half of the employment in the statewide labor market, there are only about 33% of all workers necessarily who have skills to fill these jobs, and that's the gap we need to have in Iowa's labor demand. So we also want to start recruiting in other areas such as veterans and minority hiring. I know the governor has um, just recently um, given up three new initiatives. One would be veteran hiring, one would be minority hiring, and one would also be hiring for what we call re-entry citizens or individuals with background issues. Are there certain segments of the population that are finding it harder to find employment appropriate to their interests? In other words, do we have older people, younger people with college degrees? Is there a certain cohort that is, if you will, unemployed or underemployed more than another? We currently, I, I again, have been, um, along with the co-worker of mine, Michelle Clark, have been asked to sit on Mayor Hart, the Mayor of Waterloo's, um, Waterloo Youth Job Steering Committee, and the purpose of that committee is to identify um, youth hiring, uh, employment for youth between the ages of 16 and 19, regardless of, a, regardless of income or any other demographics. So when we did that, we did two surveys to kind of figure out where, where, what is that looking like for us. And so when we surveyed employer, when we surveyed the young people, which 333 responded from the three high schools, East Waterloo, West Waterloo, and Expo, their barriers for them for obtaining employment was 50% of them had to deal with schoolwork. 28% had to deal with transportation issues. 23% talked about just work experience. And this number was a little bit surprising to me that 21.4% of these students did not even know how to look for a job. So when we went back and surveyed the employers, which we had 58 employers to respond, barriers for them for hiring individuals 16 through 19 was their desire to work, that they had very low work ethics, that limited hours and schedules were a problem, that many of them were not qualified, and that um, they lacked leadership, discipline, and just lacked that, that they just were not interested in the opportunities that presented themselves. So when I think about the survey and what we're trying to do on the steering committee is to help identify that we have got to start at a very young younger age in high school to provide short-term training, um, training in the school districts, um, work opportunities that um, would pique their interest. One of the largest job growth areas between 2014 and 2024 are in the following areas, healthcare, retail trade, education, finance and insurance, construction, administrative support, and waste management. 
these are uh, work opportunities that necessarily does not require a four-year degree. When you go and review the fact of what a four-year degree and what those individuals are most interested in, we're talking about registered nurses, accountants and auditors, elementary school teachers, computer system analysis, community and social services um, um, specialists. When you look at the, the difference in that, I think we have to think as employers and employees that the requirements for, for what I want to do as an individual is totally different than that of when me, when I was coming up, the direction was I had to go and get a four-year degree in order for me to be successful or considered to be successful in the workforce. There are so many opportunities with short-term training and, um, you know, on-the-job training and apprenticeships that allows that same level of skill building, upskilling, to be able for these individuals that who don't want to go to a four-year college to now be able to earn a very, benef a very lucrative income for them and their family. When we look at that, when you go back to what the governor and lieutenant governor has rolled out as far as um, Future Ready Iowa website, you go on that website and it helps them to help determine career building, resume building, what career tracks are best, are lucrative for them, just training, short-term training, and helping them to identify their career tracks. So there's a lot of supports out there. I think right now one of the barriers may be is a lack of people knowing or having that information. Deborah Hodges Harmon of Cedar Valley Iowa Works, Region 7 of Iowa Workforce Development. And that brings us to the end of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can connect with us online, iowawatch.org. Click on the Iowa Watch Connection tab at the top of the page to listen to all or part of this program again for a list of stations that carry the program and more, iowawatch.org. I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch Connection again next week. The Iowa Watch Connection is a copyrighted presentation of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, which is solely responsible for its content. For more information about the center, including how you can contribute so high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism and student training can continue, go online, iowawatch.org.